Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Urantia Radio Podcast, where we discuss the Urantia book and the various subject matter found in the fifth epical revelation, which we're all very excited about here at Urantia Radio. And lately, we've been delving into discussions recently about life on other worlds, including talks about ancient aliens, government cover-ups, and a whole lot of intriguing subject matter having to do with this, this very issue. And Joshua Wilson knows a thing or two about the subject and uh, has penned an authoritative essay on Aliens Among Us, which we'll talk about. Plus, we'll delve into that discussion about life on other worlds, how we got here, who Adam and Eve were, and how Christ fits into all of this, and what the world is going through right now that may portend to some epical revelation just around the corner. Now, if this is the kind of subject matter that drives your curiosity, then I think you'll enjoy this unique interview with Brother Joshua Wilson on the Urantia Radio Podcast. Tape is rolling, and we're now talking to Brother Joshua Wilson, who is a real hero, and he's in Arizona somewhere in the desert, hidden in the hills <laughs> somewhere. And last week we had on uh, Joel Garbin, who's a friend of mine and also a Urantia book reader, and we were talking about UFOs and extraplanetary uh, things that might be happening, which would would explain the increase of ufology and, and sightings and things of that nature. And someone emailed me and said, oh, well, you got to get Brother Josh on because he knows all about this stuff. So here you are. And so I read a couple of, am I at liberty to talk yeah. about the papers? Okay. So am I at liberty to share them or? Oh, yes. Okay. So in his first paper, it's a fiction, but it reads like a nonfiction. And it's about two people who come from, a, a non-breather world. And if you're not familiar with the Arantia book, there are, in rare instances, worlds where evolutionary beings get to the point where they have will, like us, free will. But the distinction is that they don't have an atmosphere and, and they're cl in a class by themselves. I think they're limited to spirit fusion as opposed to adjuster fusion. So they have a Correct. whole different path of, of ascension. But they're still will-minded will creatures. Anyway, so your story is based on who the uh, who, who they would be and where they would come from, 
And it's a remarkably wonderful story. It ends. I, I don't want to tell people when it ends. I can't do that. <laughs> but it's a cliffhanger. It's, it's, it's really got a good. zinger at the end, which kind of ties together uh, science, um, your answer book information, and also uh, knowledge that we have in in ufology about visitations that that we are more uh, accustomed to hearing about. It kind of brings all those together and his, an historical fiction short story. But it, it is worth thinking about because this whole thing that Joel was talking about and you were talking about, people want to know and to bring together uh, information all the way from ancient aliens, um, early, early history of our planet, what we know through the study of anthropology and geography, what we know from people who claim to have been in contact with some of these beings. So we're trying to to just bring it all together uh, in in that that little short story, and also uh, the paper that I wrote called "Extraterrestrials Among Us." And that's a great one. It's you go into real depth. Not only on the physical creatures uh, who, who, who are coming frequently uh, and who have been a long part of our history, but also the, the next higher up on the scale, which would be the spiritual government, the spiritual. And when I say spiritual, I'm literally spiritual. Everyone from Gabriel to Michael to uh, the life carrier sons to Melchizedek, uh, all the counselors, uh, the seraphic uh, uh, population that serves us and helps us along and so when i read your paper it occurred to me there is a lot of activity on this planet and you make some excellent points about this being a a special planet of interest so maybe you could elaborate for us on that what is it about our world what are the litany of things that make us pretty special well we're trying to put this together um in, in our universe of 10 million inhabitable worlds when it finally gets all built out uh we have uh yeah this is kind of the well it's, it's what the ranch book calls the sentimental shrine of 10 million inhabitable worlds so uh, if it's a shrine what do people do like shrines on earth they want to visit the holy land or someplace that's special to them i think that uh, beings throughout the universe and our local system are very much interested because of the visit to our little out on the edge lowly planet by the creator of the universe michael of nebadon who came here as jesus of nazareth in all the changes that were brought about not only for our our world but for the entire universe so to pull this together i draw from historical references and folklore contactee and abductee testimonies eyewitness testimony of ufos Exopolitical studies, New Age literature, fictional stories in literature and movies, and then, really importantly, revelatory information that pieces together our history uh, of what has really happened on this planet. Not only the history, but what's going on right now. There's a lot of activity going on right now. So um, when we view all of the above as a whole, certain common features appear. We're visited by various off-planet beings who only rarely are seen in person. We're considering, a lot of people are considering a federation of planets 
or Galactic Federation of Worlds. Uh, the visitors are generally of benevolent races, but there are also rebellious types that we hear about. The visitors are interested and amenable to offering assistance when asked and have a broad knowledge that spans the entire history of Earth. They operate under Roddenberry's Star Trek ideal of non-interference with human evolutionary development. The responsibility of people's free will determination is a key postulate, but fully distinguished from the nefarious concept of unbridled personal liberty. So that, that's kind of uh, an overview of how we're trying to bring together a lot of a lot of different factors, because people are curious, uh, you know, what are these beings? Are they transitional? Are they spiritual? Is uh, Sometimes do we have beings that can contact material reality? Or are some of the craft just developed by one of the advanced nations, black projects that have uh, created craft that can do amazing things that we just aren't informed about? So these are the kind of questions that, that you know, that are circulating right now. My job is to help bring together all that kind of disjointed history that tries to take bits and pieces um, going back, you know, many thousands of years and clarify to organize uh, this through the teachings of the Urantia book to see how uh, we've got some real activity going on here now. And uh, I have personal friends that have had contact of uh, with beings that are definitely from not around here. That How are much doing can you share of that? Are you able to share that with us? And what have, what they well, yeah, I, I have, you know, um, having been in this community for over 40 years, I've met a lot of people um, that have had, that you would call contactees. Um, uh, one of them from the state of Washington, uh, he and his brother were traveling uh, through uh, Montana and Wyoming and they, this was not just a momentary sighting, for about six hours from before midnight till dawn, traveling on this remote stretch of highway, they saw one thing after another, orbs, lights, um, vehicles. Um, sometimes a cylinder would change into a truck and there would be personalities wow. inside of it. Wow. They would look over one time at exact... Um, uh, identical triplets one two three and the truck had turned over and says what are you guys doing here you know stuff like this was going on and so um this and i could go on with stories like this so you know when we hear these things we just have to try to make sense of it say you know what's going on here yeah try to imagine yeah so these things are happening that i have my own personal experiences that are more on a spiritual level because if i I can't tell the whole story here today, but it, it was, I believe it was actually Melchizedek that brought to my attention the Urantia book and um, started me on this pathway. I have contact with my uh, my guardian, Seraphim. I'm in touch with the Universe Mother Spirit. I had an incredible experience of 11 days out on the mountains. It was an isolated retreat. Um, you know, Christ Michael Jesus has always been my close companion since the coming of my thought adjuster, especially at a young age, at age five, which unusually I actually remember that occasion. So this has been um, a, a lifelong experience. 
And this is not a woo-woo type of thing where I see visions or they're coming and talking to me or anything like that. But, you know, undeniable uh, uh, personal uh, spiritual transformations. And this is what I would like to encourage people to get involved with is is God consciousness, is that we have indwelling us uh, this pure spirit essence, and we can come in contact with God. And sometimes the fascination with uh, UFO activities and ancient history, although it can help to encourage us or enlighten us to a certain degree, can also, unfortunately, be like a, a rabbit trail to take us away from our own personal experience um, and transformation, which is really where the real gold is. That's what it's all about. Yeah, because even, you you know, you always have to ask yourself, you know, how, what, how does this benefit my relationship with God? Ultimately, everything is about that or the value in everyday living. So it's fun. There are a lot of rabbit holes that you can go down, but you can also get really distracted and get off the mark. I, I wish I'd saved the thought of the day today. It was just so wonderful. Every day I, I'll read a thought from the Orangia Foundation and I'll think, God, that's the best thought that I could ever have, you know? And it makes mm-hmm. it clear it's the, it, God is so centered all this. Today, I, I think was, I have that. Yeah. I think I have it right here, Jim. Oh, is it? It's You're, called The Heart's Treasure. Read it. See if it's the same. There is no sin in having honest possessions on earth, provided your treasure is in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus speaking in yeah. the Arantia book. Well, that wasn't it, but that's equally beautiful. And it's that kind of essence of, of truth that you can't forget because you can get distracted by the ancient aliens and all that. But what were they for? And it kind of brings me back. All of these things that are going on portend to the revelation that we don't live in an empty universe. Now, the average man on the street today lives his life as if he lives in an empty universe. He has no conception of the afterlife. He's not sure of the afterlife. He's never really had a conversation with anybody. Uh, and, and meanwhile, the material world keeps beating him down, you know, and, and the economic realities that sober him up to the realities of living are often blinding because they, there's, you know, what is it? A man oftentimes doesn't have, doesn't take a moment to talk to God. Uh, right. Life, you, you, you fill up a gas the other day, you know, I'm putting gas in my car. As soon as you get out of your car, you got music playing. You got a little video right there trying to sell you a big gulp. Oh, <laughs> can I just have some peace and quiet while I'm pumping gas? You go into a store, there's music coming over the speakers. Life is so busy that we we get distracted. And the Arantia book is simply saying you live in a well-ordered universe uh, and that you are you have a right to be here and that there is a great promise ahead. And that's that's really the best message you can get. And, and, and then along with all of that is the stories, the details, you know, how we got here, God's first family, uh, the evolutionary world, the evolutionary plan. So we well, can't it's, get- it's remarkable. Uh, people are wondering why, you know, why don't we have contact or why doesn't why don't the visitors land on the White House lawn? But let me tell you, we have like in the Arantia book, for example, this is a partial list of yeah. off-world beings that 
have actually written this down in black and white for us. Divine counselor, universal censor, perfecter of wisdom, mighty messenger, chief of archangels, Vrondadek's son, Melchizedek. And I could go on with the list of beings that have actually made the effort and have communicated. In addition to that list, there's another list of, of beings that visit here, not just write papers for us, but that, that, that visit and help us. Those involve conciliating commissions or roving courts, race commissioners on international or interracial relations, finaliters that are glorified one-time mortals, visiting students, our resident governor general, guardian seraphim. I could go on with a list, cherubim and sanabim. I mean, we have uh, creatures that are helping us right now on this planet and doing amazing things. Every once in a while, one of them comes into view and people are surprised and shocked and don't know what to make of it. But we are being contacted in all kinds of ways. We have a seraphic planetary government. The uh, leader of that has they're on Earth right now. They hand down scores of decisions every day, just like from a legislature that we're not aware of. The angels of nation life are here, and they are in charge of the political performances on, on our Earth. They might say, really? It doesn't seem like it. Everything seems to be in chaos. Well, let me tell you, it would be much worse and much more chaotic if they weren't working, because they have to work through us. They have to inspire human beings to start to make these uh, uh, political changes. But believe me, they are at work. You know, I'm listening to you and it's music to my ears, but I, let me play devil's advocate. Uh, sure. What makes you think all that is true, what you just said? Uh, just you know, my over 40 years of, of experience and being a pastoral counselor and, uh, and working with people that are in need, I see how very much on the edge people are emotionally. And there's a rapidly increasing incidents happening these days of, of mental instability. I mean, this is something I've been very much in touch with for a long time. And I, I just realized if there wasn't an indwelling spirit, it would even be much worse than it is. Uh, that's part of it. Then I've had my own personal contacts, uh, and every time there's a real difficulty or trauma that comes on the earth, there's always, at the same time, a voice, that still small voice is saying, this is the way, walk you in it. And I hear that voice, and then I realize there's something good that I can do to make a difference in one person's life. Um, this gives me a hope and a real consciousness that anytime someone wants to use spiritual energy and spiritual leverage to improve a situation in their family and in their community, that it will be met by oftentimes angelic support. This happens, these synchronicities, that's another way to use the Carl Jung term, remarkable coincidences that are very meaningful. This also gives me an indication. Uh, as I go farther and farther, these, these synchronicities to me are happening practically on a daily basis. I mean, things that are beyond description. 
um, and it cannot be accounted for just through happenstance. All of those things, Jim, cause me to believe that we are lovingly watched over, not just at arm's length, but there's it's as close as our breath. And we have also um, uh, seraphim that are working in the uh, the social, moral, and ethical realms that are helping to put people together. When all of a sudden you meet someone and some wonderful thing happens that you could not have predicted or orchestrated yourself, that's probably evidence to answer your question. That's probably evidence that we are lovingly watched over. But I can understand how the materialistic scientist to believe it's all just a bunch of atoms bumping together and uh, that there is no mind and there is no spirit. It's just all whatever is here between your ears. Um, yeah. I understand how they could come to that conclusion, but I have come to a different conclusion. Right, right. I believe there's a mind realm, there's mind circuits, there's spiritual receptivity and connectivity. I think it happens every night when we go to sleep. The pineal gland excretes DMT, dimethyltryptamine, and there's that deep part of sleep. We have a superconscious registration, and we wake up in the morning, and we don't really remember it or know what happened because now we're in the conscious realm, whereas that registration was in the superconscious realm. Mm -hmm. If a person is trying to cooperate at all, they're going to be constantly moving upward and inward and onward. Um, you know, you were a part of, you You have background in mental health, and I know you have family that are very experienced in that field. And a few months ago, you assisted me with putting together this presentation on mental illness and ways the Urantia book offers solutions to solving this growing problem. And my position right. is, is that the way that we're treating it now is actually worse than the actual mental illness. Uh, the rise in cases of schizophrenia it could be nutrition related. It could be emotional because it's just such a difficult, challenging time. But I appreciate you helping me with that. And it only cemented my ideas that the quality of thinking has to improve. And you and I were talking about the different ages. We went from the the ages, uh, what was you said the other day? It, it's this path. You know, we started out where it was for the food and then it was for the comfort and the safety of home. And then we went from an age of uh, priests and sorcerers to an age of scientists and doctors. And now we're in an age of lawyers and businessmen. And the next age will be for the quality of thinking. Now, I, I kind of jumbled that up a little bit. Oh, but, yeah. I love that quote. You know, first it was a struggle for existence, then for, um, you know, making a living. Yeah. And what we're all trying to do. And the next will be the coming age of of quality of thinking. Right. Quality of thinking is the next and current goal of our life here on Earth. And so this is what I'm trying to encourage. So this is the spiritual aspect of it. Now, as folks try to piece together from archaeology and uh, the Gaia people and the ancient aliens. Who are the Gaia studies, people? Who are the Gaia yeah. people? Who are they? You know, like that's a, a TV show, um, Gaia Network, oh, which holistic. brings a lot of people, yeah, to discuss, uh, uh, you know, the extraterrestrial phenomenon and ancient history. Okay. And so there's, there's the cryptic Bible references, like in Genesis 6 
and Numbers 13 to the Nephilim, those who came from on high. And it speaks of an unusual race, the sons of God mating with, quote, the daughters of men who were, quote, mighty men of old, men of renown. Yeah. Okay, so we have these these little bits, and people are still trying to piece it together, whereas your ancient book really comes right out and say, these actually did occur. And there was a time where 50 men and 50 women were translated from a distant capital sphere and came to this world, and they were hybridized with 50 Earth men and 50 Earth women. And so our Earth's evolutionary stock of humankind was upstepped. So these these... These little stories of the Nodites and, and the Nephilim um, can be traced back to between 200,000 and 500,000 years ago and then continuing on from then. So we do have a lot of, of historical connecting points. We can connect the dots. It just helps a whole lot um, you know, to have the, the Urantia book um, piece that together. Yeah, and let me also, ask you about that. I know that you've had yeah. a lot of conversations with people who have expert opinions on this stuff why do we not find more evidence that goes back by you know i think as far we find little pieces it seems like astrology as a study seems to almost get it right but they they seem to think that uh, like every, you know the orange book says five hundred thousand years ago is when the nodites were here that's when the six uh, colored races appeared the sangiks uh I, you know that there's a long time where nothing happens where there's no evidence of any of that uh, why is that? Is it because the well, Ice Age just destroyed? Maybe there weren't enough people around? It seems like the farther back you go, the less evidence you find of, of intelligent man, even though the Arantia book says that there was pockets of civilization. Well, there's, there's several reasons why uh, that ancient advanced culture sunk beneath the sea, and uh, it would be very hard to find evidence any remnants of it and then you had kind of the advanced blue man uh in europe their their thing was to uh, to incinerate to burn the bodies and so there's no bones left behind okay so we have some of these problems uh yeah. when we try to piece together and pull together information but then you have the pyramids of Egypt. It's pretty hard to make those go away. Right. <laughs> you know, those, are, those continue to uh, intrigue and make us think about how that happened. Then in the study of genetics, can we know from the Arantia book that it was about 38,000 years ago that we got a huge biological uplift from our material son and daughter, which is known in the various literatures, Adam and Eve, who were not the first people. But they were visitors who came here with the express purpose. Uh, it's unusual to have more spiritual type beings like that. They're actually sex procreators, but they were and are. In fact, that, that's their purpose. So what was found in Russia and elsewhere was evidence of a change in a gene called the microcephalin gene that also occurred about 38,000 years ago that greatly increased our cranial capacity and our brain capacity. So what were, so, stop, let, let me, uh, so what were, what were human beings like? Let's say you saw a human being just before Adam and Eve showed up. What would we have looked like at that point? Can you? Okay, they, they, had, they had evolved um, a, a lot and they'd become human and they'd learned to uh, exercise a number of uh, 
nation building and civilization building skills. They were increasing, but they got a great big upstep. So to answer your question, they were a little shorter. Um, they didn't have the brain capacity. They didn't have as much capacity for art and science and humor. And they grunted a lot, uh, probably, right? And they they probably had. A, I'm, I'm I'm being serious. They yeah, probably had some a of them did because depending on which part of the earth you went to, yeah. they had various and scattered levels of of development. They did have language, but they didn't have much uh, in the way of alphabets or way of ways Counting of communicating. Skills, right? You know, the wheel. Uh, <laughs> the, right. I don't think they figured out the wheel. Maybe they did. Uh, oh, yeah. I think they had a lot. I think um, they even had steam power. They had, they had a lot of different things. But it just stepped up considerably when about 38,000 years ago. Because anytime there's an increase in cranial capacity and brain volume, that's going to make a big difference. And that's what the genetic research on the sudden, not gradual, sudden appearance of a change in the microcephalin gene. And where is that? Is it a gene ago. that makes... So I'm going to look that up because I saw that in your paper and I've heard that before. And, and what is it? A, a demarcation of the DNA strand itself where it's just... Yeah, the DNA changed a particular gene... Like if they do a gene study from before that and then after that, various changes happen from time to time, slow changes, evolutionary changes, and sometimes a sudden change. This was a sudden change that was significant because it had to do with brain capacity. So they left behind about a thousand pure line descendants who found out gradually to all the surrounding cultures and races, including the Adamite and Andite civilization, including the Greek Isles. Mm -hmm. And their genetics are now intermingled with all the colored races of Earth, including you and me. Right. This has been good for our, our world. Yeah, and, and, the, and that's a good thing to remember because, you know, people say, well, you know, there's so much evil in the world today. Well, you know, uh, there are certain dead biological dead ends uh, and you do have and i don't mean to say this in a bad way but you go to certain parts of the world you can definitely see that we're not all born equal i mean there are definitely certain pockets if you look at the outback in australia or you know even in the 1950s go online sometime and look at some of the youtube videos where they were or old film of these tribes that lived in Africa in the heart of, of the Amazonian jungles. These are, you're looking face to face at our ancestors from hundreds of thousands of years ago, literally unchanged. So you that's true. There, there are some primitive races still existing on the earth today that have not benefited from any of that new plasm yeah. and genetic uplift that happened 38,000 years ago. And you have some cultures that have received some of it. You have other cultures that have taken more of an easy way and have not been um, uh, driven to improve their culture. And then, on the other hand, you have cultures that have gotten a significant amount of, of this genetic input. And this is what uh, all the studies about ancient civilizations, they're trying to sort this out. You know, they're, they're finding some indicators from past history that we can actually go to this to do with culture, language, architecture, building. And more and more is being done all the time to, to sort out 
uh, what this kind of dispersion created and how we have come to be who we are uh, with, uh, in many cases, improved law and ethics, higher philosophic and scientific achievement, achievement and trying to move ourselves beyond war. Uh, and I'm that glad you brought like- that up because that's sort of where we're at now. We're not the beyond war stage. And I think that's what the universe at large is waiting for, is for us to get beyond war. We're not beyond war. We're actually headed towards war now. Uh, we have yeah, Sometimes learned. it seems like one step forward and two steps back. Doesn't it, though? But mm-hmm. I like your quality of thinking, and I want to have you back on uh, once you've fleshed it out more, because that's really the challenge is to bring uh, what I call, like right now, I, I believe that a lot of people in the world are spiritually illiterate. They don't have the soil of even f- to plant conceptual truths that could grow and give them a, a better appreciation for the relationship with God. And that's, I, I don't know, I, I feel that a lot of people would be served if they could improve their thinking, but society doesn't want us to improve our thinking. It wants to entertain us, and everything is about being entertained. And uh, so, and, I, and I'm and i glad you're kind of, a, I think, a pioneer in that, just based on what I've read from what you do. And so, um, any further? I'm announcing, I'm announcing today um, a Zoom call, which a lot of people that listen to your answer radio are going to get a notice from me today because uh, on Monday, coming right up, which is February 19th, uh, I'm putting together, inviting people to a Zoom call to discuss better thinking. So this is happening right as we speak. Uh, invitations are going out. And I'd like to, to draw a wide circle and include people that are into the uh, study of ancient aliens. They're into the study of ufology people that are studying the Urantia book, people that are interested in astronomy and science, all kinds of people, to consider how they personally, I'm going to get very practical, how to uh, steps and discussion on how we can have better thinking, because that's the coming goal of earthly existence. Wouldn't we all agree? <laughs> when we look around, we see the conflicts and families and amongst nations and uh Sometimes there, it seems like certain nations are holding grudges for thousands of years yeah, yeah. against their yeah. neighbors and still fighting. And still fighting. You know, yeah. yeah, we really need to, to we seriously in need of some better thinking. Yeah, agreed. Well, let's leave it there. Joshua Wilson, people can always contact you, musician at cox.net. Is that yeah, musical. Musical. And he's also a musician, by the way, an accomplished yeah. musician. Uh, right. Joshua Wilson, brother uh, uh, Josh, thank you so much for all you do. And it's good to catch up with you again here on the Arantia Radio Show. Great to be with you, Jim. Thank you, and thanks to all of your listeners. All right.